Girlfriends Meister here bringing you episode 357 of Meister on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. Kristen, that one was just for you. In today's episode, I'm answering five questions that I received from the fine folks over on Instagram during one of my AMA Ask Me Anything question box stories. All the questions are about online business, and I'm stoked to share the answers with you. But first, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, friends of Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. So, right off the bat, I got a few things right off the bat. Number one, if you listen to Monday's episode, it was with Allie Gilbert not with Mitchell Rasmussen. So last Thursday, Shorty, I said, make sure you tune in for next Monday's episode. It's with Mitchell. It was supposed to be. And then I did a last minute audible to help out my girl. I wanted to share the resource with you. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that episode, give it a listen. Uh, Courtney, you want to link that for me? Thank you. Uh, Ellie came on to talk about all things testosterone and she's also releasing her testosterone school. Uh, And so I wanted to bring her on the podcast. She happened to be in town for Jill's Mastermind. And I was like, dude, she's literally down the street. And I was like, let me come over to the hotel. We can record in person. Those are always fun. And I will push that episode out earlier. So for those of you that maybe were looking for Mitchell's episode, apologies. That one will drop on Monday, March 7th. It will be episode 359. And last week's Monday, or I should say this week's Monday shorty, excuse me, this week's Monday interview episode uh, was with my girl, Allie Gilbert. So sorry if that messed any of you up and thank you for bearing with me. Today's episode, we're going to do a little differently. It's going to be an AMA. So ask me anything. It's the responses, the answers to the AMA box that I put up on Instagram. A few, a few, um, how many? Two. We'll say two stories around the stories. Two stories around the story that I want you to think about uh, as I or before I go into this. Number one, for those of you that do use Instagram for business, if you put question boxes up and you're like, "Damn, I don't get that many responses." Guess what? Neither do I. I don't get a ton. I actually only have five questions today. Not because the audience is bad. You all know. Well, you're in my audience. Y'all are dope. Sometimes people just don't know what to ask and they'll know what to ask after they see something. So polls and sliders tend to do better. Uh, And just having like an ask me anything, that can really just be so open-ended that people don't know what to say. So if you are using Instagram for business and you put up question boxes and you don't always get a ton of questions, that's okay. Keep asking. And you want to also think about giving your audience the ability to build momentum. So if you're going to ask questions, let's start off with sliders and polls and things like that, as opposed to starting off with question boxes. Uh, And then two, keep going, keep asking, lead from the front, just offer solutions to things. And we'll actually get into that a little bit with one of the questions in terms of seeing what's knowing what's what's landing with your, your audience. 
Third thing there, thank you to the five of you who submitted questions. Y'all are fucking dope, and I appreciate you big. If any of you listening to this have questions that you want me to, you know, answer during an episode, feel free to submit them. Texting is always easiest, 310-737-2345. It is me. It's no one else answering. The messages will be green, not because I have a droid, but because I use a sideline in order to be able to keep it separate from my other messages. That sounds weird. Like I like my other messages. It's separate from my main line. Uh, so that is why it's green. I had someone message me once and they were like, listen, I know you have a droid. Excuse me. I know you have a, an iPhone. I know how you feel about droids. Why is this green? This can't be you. And I'm like, actually, no, it is me. Very good call. Uh, but the, it's a sideline. So it's an app. And that's why uh, the number runs through an app and that's why it's green. But it is 100% always and only me. Try to get Rupert to answer it. He won't do shit. So it's going to be me. All right. So let's hop on into these five questions. Question number one. How do you work a biz when you're caring for family members? This is huge. And my answer is, I don't know, because I'm not caring for family members. So... If I'm going to try to offer up a suggestion and offer a solution, number one, understand that it's coming from a place where I am not in that position. So if I were to be in that position, what I would say is number one, get honest with yourself about what you can actually accomplish. So I see this with people I coach right now, especially moms, like moms are fucking superheroes. This person who asked me this question is fucking superhero. You're taking care of people. You're you're keeping them alive. So your bandwidth isn't unlimited, right? You have things and that you have to take care of outside of the business. So really get honest about what you can accomplish in a day. And we have to work on removing should. I should be able to do this. Listen, what can you do? Let's cut that list in half and then cut it in half again and just focus on that. The second piece here I would say is compare yourself only to yourself, right? We cannot be comparing to anyone else, especially people that are not in that circumstance. So I, I, I always make sure to say that so people understand I don't have kids. I'm not married. Like I'm very much an autonomous being and I just got to like make sure Rupert stays alive. And I strategically went with a cat and not a dog because there are even fewer responsibilities there. So make sure that you're only comparing yourself, your progress and things like that to yourself. Otherwise, we end up with people that are like, oh, I should be farther along or I should be doing this. Compare yourself to your present self. That is it. And then third, I would say connect with others that are in a situation like you. Like I said from the jump, that is not me, but I love to be the great connector. So if that's you, if you are, you know, caring for loved ones and also trying to run a business and, you know, that could be kids, uh, and you want to offer some support, some advice, some suggestions, do me a solid and either text me or DM me. DM would probably be easier at the Movement Maestro. And then I can connect you with this person uh, because, I, you know, there's just so much value in being around others who actually understand your situation and whether that's so that they can offer sound advice, you know, coming from a place of this is exactly, you know, this is what worked for me and I'm in a similar situation. And so there's something that you might be able to try or just being a, you know, an ear that can listen. So if that's you and you want to connect with this person, help them out, drop me a DM and I will connect you. All right. Next question, but I have to open up my phone. It got all locked here. All right. Next question is, 
fave and least fave thing about running an online business. Pretty straightforward, pretty easy one with this. Uh, easy for the favorite things, kind of hard for the least fave because I, I really love what I do. But the fav- my favorite thing about running my own business is 100% the autonomy. I have full control over my schedule, my time, and more than that, my potential and my success. So, you know, working in the physical therapy field and working for someone else, you are very much limited in terms of how much money you can make. Like you just can't see more patients. Like there is a limit on that when you work for somebody else, which is not the worst thing. But I do like that I don't have that limit. Last year, I decided to pull back a little bit so I could play more volleyball. And that was fine. I was like, you know what? I'll make a little bit less money or maybe I won't. I would, I was okay if I did make less money, but I had the ability to say, okay, well, I'll launch this thing in a different time or I'll try to push more for this thing so that I can, you know, bring money in there, but it's not as much of a time commitment. And, and I had full control over that. So that is absolutely my favorite part, which for many people may be just inherently scary because you don't have a set paycheck coming in. I get it. You know, for me, you know, when I first started working, that would have been scary for me. Now, you know, I graduated in 2010. So what, 12 years later, that's not scary to me. And I like the fact that I get to choose. Uh, My least favorite thing would be email correspondence. Fucking hate it. Like, I hate it. I, I hate, especially when I say correspondence, especially like having to set things up. So I love anyone who has an online scheduler. Uh, I will pretty basically never say no to a podcast interview, but if you don't have an online scheduler, it makes it really hard, and I'm usually more apt to say no. I'm not going to do this until you get one. So that there's no back and forth and trying to chase and like the time zones and things like that. So email correspondence, hands down my least favorite. And yeah, I could outsource that. Um, one of the emails I have, I kind of outsource, and I have Lex help me out with, but like my main email goes through me and setting things up for speaking events and things like that, I do. I suppose I could, you know, have an assistant that really does all of that. Uh, But right now, it's easier for me to do it. Uh, And then probably at some point, I will look to to fully outsource that and just, you know, because I hate the back and forth. I hate sending a headshot. I hate sending the bio, things like that. Um, and Lex does actually help me out with some of those things, depending on, on what it is, but it's just like, I don't like the email correspondence at all. Like it has to come through and then deal with it. And like, if someone texted me, fine, great, amazing. I'll get to it. But the email, not a fan. So I will likely be looking to outsource that even more. Uh, but I got to just sit with it and figure out what would make the most sense. And then I'll go from there. And, you know, story around the story there, that's a great way to learn what, to outsource on your end is what do you really fucking hate doing? All right, sit down, write down what you're doing for it right now, what needs to be done, how you do it, and then what what needs to be, you know, how, how will you outsource it? What's that going to look like? And largely it's going to be just giving this, another person that list that you wrote, of, wrote out of this is what I do. So I love reading the emails that I get in response to the like the weekly-ish emails I send out. I love those. But setting things up, like actual email correspondence for setting up events and speak, that's like, ugh, it was the worst, the absolute worst. So there's that. Okay. The next one 
uh, I'm going to actually offer a solution, like a, a downloadable solution for you as well. The next question is, how do you stay organized with the various offerings that you have? And number one, if this is you, what I'd recommend is actually downloading my value ladder ebook. In the back of it is a, a DIY uh, do-it-yourself fill-in-the-blank value ladder. And the value ladder is something I created that allows you to outline all of the offerings that you have, all of the ways that you interact or you provide a service for your audience. You get to list them out, but you see how they fall into different categories. Some are going to be higher up on the value ladder, meaning they're typically priced more and they have more access to you, whereas things on the bottom will typically be free and they won't have as much one-on-one -on -one access to you. So things like social media posts, um, podcasts, things like that. So if you're like, oh my God, I got all my stuff organized, start there and download. Yes, you'll have to put your email in, download and uh, put your email in and then we'll send you the, uh, you will automatically receive another email and inside the email, you click it, click a button and then you'll be able to download the value ladder. Courtney, if you could link that for me. Thank you. Uh, but that would be number one. Number two, I, I keep them organized because I run the same things over and over again. Like I am... I like making things, but I don't make a lot of things. I, one of the things I see is that people, I have one client right now in mind where she just is a, actually I have two or three clients in mind where they're just creators. Like they love making stuff. That's not me. I will very much wait until there is a need, an established need until I know that people are going to buy it and that it's different from another product that I have and fills a space on that value ladder. And then I will create the thing. So I don't have like a zillion offers that are competing. I have no offers that are competing. Uh, they're all different tiers of that value ladder. And in terms of like when I'm running it, when I have to show up, this ties into my, my batching and I have set days for certain things. So like I know that my mafia calls will always be on Wednesdays. My legacy calls are also only on Wednesdays, the first Wednesday of the month. My, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching or the one-on-one -on -one, uh, sessions that I run as part of legacy, those are only ever on Tuesdays and Thursdays. When I record podcasts, those are typically only on Thursdays. So I have set days for things. Uh, my intensive calls are only on Tuesday nights. So everything stays actually very organized. And I think at its foundation is that I don't have a zillion different offerings and they're not competing. So it's actually very easy to keep them organized. And there's a lot of benefit, a lot of value to running the same thing over and over again as it relates to scheduling, because you know how long it takes to run that thing. So I know how many weeks it takes to run the intensive. I know how long I have to market it. I know how much energy it takes for me. I know how much marketing it takes. I know how much break, I, how much of a break I like after it in between the next session because I run it 10 times now. So people tend to like create a new thing and then create a new thing and that can make things very difficult. So if that's you, I would say number one, start off with the value ladder. See, you know, fill the things out. Fill out the, the you'll see what I mean when you when you download it. Fill out the, the squares, if you will, rectangles, if you will. See what maybe is redundant that you can take away that doesn't, you know, maybe there's really a need for that thing and then look to run the same things over and over again. Uh, Lastly, use an online scheduler. So I just said before that I'm only client facing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm only recording podcasts like my own guest interviews for podcasts on Thursdays. Uh, I have my maestro meetings on, again on Tuesday, Thursday. I have my mafia calls on Wednesday, legacy calls on Wednesday, uh, the group calls on Wednesday. My intensive calls are on Tuesday. So I use Acuity 
the Acuity scheduler. Uh, we have, I do have an affiliate link for that, I think. I will drop that. I will drop that to you, Courtney, and you can drop that in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, but get yourself an online scheduler. Acuity is phenomenal because I can have all these different calendars and then people can only schedule for this thing. Like if it's if it's a one-on-one call, they will only be shown availability on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If it's for, you know, a mafia dinner, then that invite's only going to be for a call that's on a Wednesday. So everything gets gets done seamlessly when people are going to sign up for the podcast. I don't go back and forth with them. I send them a scheduler, a scheduling link, and then they go and sign up or whatever makes sense for them. And yes, of course, it does the time zone changes and things like that on its own. So get yourself an online scheduler. I recommend Acuity, but just get something. Uh, and I have another bullet point on here, but I already said it, but I'm going to repeat it, uh, which is funny because the, the bullet is that I don't have repeating products. I may forget that I've said something on a podcast or I may forget that I said something on an email, but that's okay. So it doesn't matter that if that there is repetition there. I don't have actual repeating products, uh, services, things like that. It's fine to say things over and over again because as we all know, once is Never. Next question here. I actually love this question and did a a little post about this. And I think it really landed with people, which was how to know if your stuff is landing with people. (laughs) Funny, right? So a few things here. Number one, you need to give yourself enough time. Remove urgency, right? Lead from the front, remove urgency and give people time to let you know that it's landing. I think that sometimes we want to put something out and have people tell us that moment. Courtney, if you could link the reel that I did when I was making eggs, uh, the reminder, and I actually spoke about this in last Thursday's shorty episode, that this responding to, to posts and liking posts and sharing posts, that's not part of people's day-to-day. It's not part of their you know, quote-unquote normal life. That's not part of their job. It, it probably feels weird for them to do that. So if we're thinking about a sales cycle, aka how long till someone purchases, that could be months and typically is months to years before someone actually buys something, even though they've seen your stuff. They may not be interacting with it. They may not be liking it or sharing it, but they're seeing it and they're reading it. So if you're like, how do I know if it lands with someone? Well, typically the ultimate way we know is that someone's going to say something, but we have to give people the time to say something because it's not part of their day to day, especially if you are business to consumer. I'm in a bit of a different situation. I'm business to business. You people listening to this, many of you listening to this, you have your own businesses. The people that are following me on Instagram, they have their own business, something like that. And so, yes, they are more okay reaching out, commenting, because it's like it's part of their day-to-day. If you are going to the general consumer, that's not the case. I, just think about your own purchasing habits. Do you go and like and comment for the ads that you get? I buy things off of Instagram ads all the time. I freaking love it. But I never go and like the posts. I don't usually follow the brand. I'm not sharing, resharing their posts or anything like that. So just some food for thought with that, right? Lead from the front and give people time to tell you that it's that it's helping them, that it, to tell you that it's landing with them. Yes, we can look at insights and things like that, but you got to give time for those insights to develop. The, the next thing is 
where we're starting off, right? And I think back to my own journey as well with this. Start off, when, as it relates to content, start off with things that helped you. That's literally all you can do. Start off with things that have helped you. And if you're lucky enough to have any current clients, typically in person, maybe it's friends and family. Remember that meme that I, that I created? Start off by sharing what is helping them. If you don't have those clients yet, then you start off with what is helping you. So I'm thinking back my own journey about what I was sharing on Instagram. And I was sharing, you know, mobility and mobility tips and tips for decreasing pain with CrossFit. And how did I know about these things? Because I was having mobility issues and pain with CrossFit. So I was largely just sharing the things that I was working on. And I was also a full-time staff physical therapist at the time. So I also was doing things with clients and sharing what was working with them. I went on to get a, a job within, or I was doing like, you know, a, my own thing within the CrossFit box. And so I had some clients there. I was running mobility workshops and I was seeing what was working with them. I, I was getting results. They were saying my pain is less or I have more mobility now. So you have to get a result with someone and maybe that someone is you to start off with. And then you're just sharing that. Of note, if it is just you, right, it's an N of one, there's still value there, but we shouldn't be like, this is the best thing to do and only this way will work and this way will work for everyone because we don't know that because you literally have an N of one. It's only you. So let's be cognizant of that in the way that we're writing and what we're saying, but you need to just start off with that. Something that has a track record and that may be a personal track record of I did this with me and this is what I'm working on and this is helping. And then give people time to interact, right? Give people time for it to work for them. And then we go from there. So something I want you to kind of pick out from that is that I said, give people time to try it. If you're sharing a lot of content that's largely opinions, that could lend itself to taking more time because people haven't really necessarily gotten a win. Maybe it resonates with them. So yes, it's nice to vary your content, but I, I really would, if you're looking to grow an audience, if you're looking to provide value, let's look to create content. Ooh, hit my board. Let's look to create content that people can actually try something and, and get a win. Okay, last question here. I got to go to a different window here because it's fully written out. It was too long for the question box. If that ever happens, folks, that's all good. If you have a, a question, you're like, dude, it's too long for the little question box, then you can just DM in response to the story or you can text me. You can always text me 310-737-2345. Okay. So the question here, and I love this specifically saved it for last. When running an online business for the first time and figuring things out, products, how to sell, programs to run, etc. How much quote unquote figuring out should be trial and error for the business owner versus just reaching out to other people for help first? I love this question. I love this question. So right off the bat, I'm just going to always say that right off the bat. That is, this is what I say. Right off the bat, it depends on the person and that person's learning style. Are they more experiential? Are they the type of person that is fearful of making mistakes? And so they're like, I just want to get it from, from the source. That's number one is like having that self-awareness. How are you? What are you like? How do you like to learn? I personally do like to figure things out myself. And then I feel like that allows me to ask better questions. But that is also situational. So for something like a business and for online business, 
a lot of that I kind of stumbled into, whereas something like volleyball, I went and got lessons from the get-go. So you can absolutely have this both and of you're like, I just want to learn from this person how to do this, this thing because it's a skill. Uh, or you can be like, you know what? There's wiggle room here and there's lots of different ways to do it. And I'm more okay learning my, my own and then, you know, going for lessons. I honestly think that I went for lessons first because of two things. One, Jill. I, I went to lessons, volleyball lessons, because Jill was like, hey, you want to do something tomorrow? And I was like, sure. She's like, okay, pay this man $140 and meet me at the beach. And I was like, okay, but also what are we doing? I'll pay, but also what are we doing? Largely, that is our friendship. Largely. Uh, so that's one reason. And two, I didn't know how else to get into it. So I think that if I had inherently just like had more friends doing it, and they were like, just come play. I might, you know, be more apt to actually just have played a lot more with them and then gotten lessons. But because I didn't know, like, I couldn't do that thing without having people. Like, you need four people to play. So to me, it, it did make more sense to just, oh, this kind of opportunity fell into my lap. Jill said, hey, you want to go to this thing? And I was like, sure. And then I was hooked. So that's kind of the, the caveat there. But understanding it depends on what you as a person uh, typically default to. I do like figuring things out on my own. Like I said, I actually was having this conversation earlier with Yanni. I think there's a lot of value in figuring things out on your own and then going and learning about it and confirming what you figured out. For some people rather do it the other way where they want to learn it first and like, you know, really study it and then make sure that they're kind of going in along that process. There, there's value to both. So for me personally, I definitely like, that's why I, it's not, there's nothing, obviously, there's nothing wrong with reading books and listening to podcasts and things like that. But I tend to be the type of person that's like, I'm going to go with my intuition and my instincts for this thing. And obviously, you know, being very, very cognizant and diligent within the situation and looking to pull things out from there, pull out commonalities, common themes, and, and then put something together from that. And then I can go and be like, oh, yeah, this book backs that up. But I think that there's also like, you know, there's a lot less at stake. There's no, I'm not like doing open heart surgery and like being like, I'll figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. So something to think about uh, with that. I will, however, say that if you are the type of person that likes to get advice, take it, right? Like it, I think it's, it becomes tough when you're the person that's in the middle that like, asks for advice, but then doesn't take it, but then it's like, I'm going to figure it out, but like doesn't really do anything. And then you just, you haven't committed to anything. You're just in the middle there. So if you're going to ask for advice, make sure, you know, you're asking for it from someone who you trust, who you, you, know, you aspire to be like them in some way, shape or form. The values are aligned. And then you just take the advice. The, the next point here is that some people are also inherently more savvy with things. And they'll pick them up faster. So in terms of how much do you figure out on your own versus how much do you ask, I think that that depends on skill acquisition. Like how good are you at this thing? And in terms of good, this kind of ties back into the previous question of how do you know stuff's landing? Like this is a matter of are you getting feedback? Are you getting results for people? Are you getting sales? This is not to say that if you're not getting sales, it's because it's not, it's, let me make sure I'm saying this correctly. That is not to say that if you are, not getting sales that, oh, you know, that's because you don't have a coach. And if you had a coach, you'd have sales. No, I think that people, some coaches will use that and be like, well, it's because you don't have me helping you. Like, I am not sure if that's really the case. I'm just looking at this from like a, 
you know, a time perspective and maybe how much help you get. People that are a bit more savvy, perhaps they don't need as much help. They can DIY a lot of the stuff and figure it out, especially because there is more, I believe in something like online business, there's a lot more wiggle room than in something that's like a sport where there is a, you know, something like volleyball. There are clear ways that, that get this thing done. But even with that, like, yeah, there is, there's big room and you can be very non-traditional and, and still have success depending on what the success is that you are looking for. But I think that there's a lot of wiggle room within the online business space. There's no one right way to do it. Some people will sell you that, you know, if you get coaching, then you can shortcut things or you can decrease that time. Maybe, maybe not. I think it largely depends on a bunch of factors. The person that's receiving the information, their willingness to take action, the, the who they are, right? Some people, they're just, they are more so made for the online space. The thing that they want to teach about, things that they want to sell, the service they want to deliver, how they look, all these things make a, make a difference. The timing of the market, like all of that makes a difference. So again, it's going to be personal preference with that. And I, I do think there's something to be said, though, about waiting to get a coach because then you know what questions to ask. I think there's a lot of value in getting started because it's all data. So, you know, I had said uh, in point number four about giving yourself time. When we can give ourselves time to have a successful business, like it's not that it has to work right now, we have more room, more, more time to get data points and be like, all right, I tried this, I tried this, and I didn't like this, or like it didn't quote unquote work, or... I tried, instead of saying, I tried this and it didn't work, you could just say, I tried this and this was the outcome. Maybe it wasn't the outcome that you were looking for, but this was the outcome. And now you have data points that you can be like, all right, well, if I go to a coach, I can ask them about this thing. All right, so really giving yourself the, the gift of time there and giving yourself time to, to figure it out. I will say that as it relates to a coach and as it relates to online business, the hardest part, my friends, of online business is attracting the eyes, finding the eyes, the audience. So funnels and systems and, you know, offers and sales tactics, none of that matters if you have no audience. Or I should say that doesn't really matter until you have an audience, right? The offer doesn't attract the audience, you attract the audience. So unless you're trying to do cold traffic, uh, what's the word I want? Paid traffic, right? But you're running an ad. That's a bit different. But my forte is organic traffic, organic marketing. And that comes from providing, maybe we should call that value marketing because that's what happens is you show your value first. You share things. That helps somebody. They share that with somebody else. And they're like, oh, maybe that would help me. And you get shared and you start to grow that audience and get those eyes. So that is what I believe if you're just starting out, you if you're going to get help with anything, it should be with that, not how to have fancy systems or funnels or things like that. You got to make sure you're getting help with getting those eyes. That is where the business starts. Because once you have the eyes and you have the trust, you can go in any direction you want. And then it can be absolutely super helpful to have a coach that says, okay, like, Try doing the launch this way. Try, you know, delivering this thing. And again, that is going to be dependent on the person. Do you like being 
taught stuff like that or does that stuff just not come easily to you, then yeah, maybe a coach would be good for you. Does that stuff come more naturally? Then you might be fine, right? I, I had this discussion this past week with, with LCK and uh, neither of us have had formal business coaches. And it's one of those things where it just comes, this particular thing comes easier. It's not to say that business coaches couldn't help us or that you know we're too good for them or that we don't need them, but we haven't chosen to go that route because we enjoy figuring things out and we enjoy the results that we're getting. It's not to say that a coach couldn't get us more results, but if you're not, if your goal is is X and you're hitting that goal, then there's no need to go and be like, well, I better hire a coach then. I'm like, why? You are doing what you want to be doing. So this again ties into get the data points and then say, we can look to interpret it. And you're like, do you, do you want different outcomes? Okay, then let's see where perhaps we're going up short, where we don't know. Or simply just having data points to take to a coach that you could be like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I want to go. Can you see where perhaps I I could improve so that I could get to that that outcome, All right? So that is what I would say about figuring out, uh, or rather, how much figuring out versus how much asking for help depends on the individual. I would say I would always say just try it first, though, and give yourself time to try it and experiment and understand that the most important part and the hardest part is that first part, which is getting the eyes. How are you getting those eyes? Which is why I love running my Instagram intensive. 100% proud ass plug for my Instagram intensive. Round 11 will start on March 29th. The wait list is currently open and uh, I always open the doors to them before anyone else. So... If you want to get early access and make sure that you get a spot, because I do limit the spots just to make sure that I have, uh, what is the word, uh, quality. I was going to say consistency, but that's a given. Uh, but just to ensure quality, so there's not a zillion people in there. So first come, first served, doors open first to the wait list. Uh, but again, like I said, next round of the Instagram intensive starts on March 29th, six weeks long, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. PST. There are we run two hours. It's usually two to two and a half hour long group calls where I teach you how to use Instagram for business. And the majority of that is how are we attracting these eyes? We're going with this organic growth for the online space. Well, then people are on social media, and social media needs to be a part of how you're attracting those eyes. If you believe that your audience is on Instagram, then you should be using Instagram to attract those eyes, to provide value for those people. If you're looking for help in any way, shape, or form with that, the intensive is for you. Courtney, if you could do me a solid, we will drop the waitlist link. And that link actually will take you to the, it's a clone of the sales page, which means all of the information is on it. The dates, uh, actually the dates may not be on there. I misspoke. The price, the curriculum, testimonials, everything like that will be on there. But I've just said the next round starts on the 29th of March. But everything else is on there that you can look on there. And then, as always, you can message me, DM me, text me, 310-737-2345. And I will gladly answer any questions that you might have about the intensive. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. That is actually a perfect number of questions to get through, could keep this as a Thursday shorty. If you have questions and you want to share them, 
drop me a DM, drop me a text. I would love to hear from you. I really enjoy answering questions. You know, we all like being helpful. So if you got questions, let me help you out. Would love to help you out. All right. Officially, officially wrapping it up. Thank you to the five people who submitted questions. Y'all are the real MVPs. Thank you for the rest of you who took the time to listen. I know you could be doing anything and you choose to listen to me. And honestly, folks, it will never get old. Like, it's just so fucking cool to me. So, thank you. All right. Until next time, friends. Maestro. Maestro.